Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Physionic Podcast. My name is Nicholas Verhoeven. I'm a PhD student in molecular medicine and I have my master's in exercise physiology. I'm a cell biology researcher as well. And today we're going to be, I'm going to be going a little bit off the cuff. Uh, I originally thought about doing, covering a small review of, or scientific review of how anxiety is affected by carbohydrates and fat and really highly palatable foods. But uh, to be frank, I thought the, the review was relatively boring, didn't go into any sort of mechanisms, uh, which is what I am also interested in. I don't want to just know if something happens. Uh, I also want to know why it happens. And that's really the, the main driver of physionic, right? Understanding the intricacies of the actual mechanisms of why certain things are the way that they are. That's what makes this brand uh, separate from other brands, other than the fact that it is highly, highly science-based. Uh, if you want me to cover that in the future, I certainly can. Uh, I was having a discussion uh, on YouTube with someone who had mentioned that they tend to have lower anxiety when they are on a high-fat diet, and they tend to be uh, have uh, more energy but have higher anxiety when they are consuming a high-carbohydrate diet. Obviously, that's highly anecdotal, but uh, then it got me curious, you know, might that also be the case for uh, the general population. And unfortunately, uh, this review did go into it and whatnot some, but most of the studies were done in animals, and not that that's a big deal. Uh, it's just that uh, along with the fact that it was done in, in animals, they also didn't have a whole lot of mechanisms. So, you know, again, I might cover that in the future, but uh, for, for the time being, it's being bumped for the topic for today. And the topic for today is to discuss a little bit on health span and lifespan. Now, I don't have a study. I'm not going to be covering a study. I'm not going to be covering a review. I just kind of want to spitball and talk to you a little bit, again, off the cuff, off the top of my head. I've got a few notes written down, but for the most part, it's going to be off the top of my head. Um, what I found, and this is actually also something that I found in my comments that people have uh, have sent me on different social media platforms, is that they've been confused as to why uh, you have variations in, for example, like IGF-1 levels, or which is insulin-like growth factor, which is, well, as the name states, a growth factor, or testosterone levels, um, specifically around fasting, uh, but also just in general lifespan. So people are starting to ask me, well, you know, do, is it is it something that you want? Is it do you want high levels of IGF or testosterone or whatever it might be, if you're trying to live the longest amount of time? And that raises the question of this difference between lifespan and health and health span. Uh, so there is a distinction there. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't really wrap their heads around. I think that we're still in this mode of searching for something that's going to be absolutely optimal for everything. It's going to be great for performance. It's going to be. It's going to make you live the longest amount of time. It's going to make sure that you drop all the the body fat. It's going to keep you the most muscular. You know, it's just. 
all these different things that are supposed to be wrapped up into this one diet or this one style of life. And unfortunately, that is not the case. And that, that is especially true when you're comparing health span to lifespan. So what is lifespan? That's probably the one that most people are really familiar with. It's just the length of your life. Uh, if you live a long time, then you have a long lifespan. Uh, you end up living 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, then good for you, you've lived a long time. And there are certain things that you can do to extend that lifespan. However, if you do some of those things, they will be at the cost of your health span. And uh, this so health span then is essentially the ability within the length of life. So what is your functional ability? How functional are you in the years that you're alive? Uh, if you want to live the longest amount of time, you are going to have to potentially sap. Well, actually, if you want to live the longest amount of time, yes, you are going to have to sap some of the resources from your health span. So you may not live the greatest life, but you will live longer. Uh, Personally, I would hate that. I would rather live a little bit shorter and live a full, healthy life than necessarily a long life. But what I'd like to uh, kind of talk a little bit about is why you have this sapping from one or the other and how that relates to, you know, for example, fasting. People love to say that fasting is this is this incredible thing that will save you from almost anything. Uh, if you if you have got diabetes, if you if you have the obesity, if you have cancer, if you uh, want to build the most muscle possible, if you want to drop body fat, you know, all these different things. Uh, if you have PCOS, it doesn't matter. People just say just blindly, just fast. And in many ways, I mean, I've, I've covered so much content on fasting, and I will certainly continue to co cover content on fasting. Fasting has remarkable benefits, no doubt about it. However, uh, it, it does, it's not conducive for certain things. It is, so in this context of health span and lifespan, it's great for lifespan. Uh, it's probably one of the best things you can do for lifespan. However, is it the best thing for health span in every single circumstance? No, it's not. Uh, so if you are, let's say, a, a person who really wants to build like a Greek god or goddess physique, uh, then doing things that are going to be promoting lifespan over health span is not going to be the way that you achieve that. Uh, I believe I, I was in one of my classes, uh, maybe I guess this was like a year and a half ago, and one of my professors, who's also really into this kind of stuff, uh, mentioned that there is another professor at another university, and I don't know their name, uh, who actually experimented on themselves. So they did a lot of the things that were based around lifespan to try and extend their life. And what they found, <laughs> to much to, to their detriment, is that their health deteriorated quite a bit. So it's, it's almost like Oh, please forgive me, but I'm going to give, I'm going to use this analogy of, of the Hawcruxes in Harry Potter. Um, you know, Voldemort can live forever. He who must not be named can live forever. Uh, but 
if one of those Horcruxes still exists, then it's a split life. Like he, he doesn't live a complete life. He he's not going to live this healthy life in this situation, even though he can live longer. So you're sapping away at the proteins, the matrices that make up your bones, that make up your muscles, that make up uh, even your brain function. All that stuff gets sapped away while you're still, you're slowing the aging process. So you're continuing your lifespan by slowing the aging process, but at the expense of all the tissues of your body that make you youthful. I hope that makes some level of sense. So yeah, to, to delay death, you, it's pretty clear that caloric restriction, especially severe caloric restriction, I do have content on that, uh, definitely extends your life. Um, and along with reductions in protein and along with reductions in really all the macronutrients, right? Because of course those make up your calories that can extend your life. And they've definitely shown that in animal studies, obviously they're not going to be putting that, putting humans through that, but I'm sure that they've got some, uh, some retrospective associative studies that have looked at that as well. So, but in animals, they have shown that caloric, severe caloric restriction, uh, leads to an extension of life and pretty significant too. It's not, it's not anything uh, tiny either. So that's great. But if you want to preserve your functionality, your, your power, your ability to get up, to move, to go do things, to, to think, to do all these different things that essentially make you a, a, a powerful, optimal human being, uh, being in a calorie deficit for the rest of your life is not <laughs> the way to do that. You will suffer. Uh, you're, you're just never going to be amount to be the fullest version of yourself. So in some of that is also true. Uh, if, if you are in the extremes, let's say you can achieve a little bit of both. And that's really where most people probably want to be, but you do still have this, this subset of people that just want to extend their life, uh, forever or well, try to extend their life forever. Uh, a la, uh, what's his name? The, the guy who does bulletproof coffee. I, I did a, a Asprey, Dave Asprey talks about how he wants to live to be a hundred and 28, 148, something like that years old, something really, I think it's 140 something years old, something really far out there. Uh, and I mean, the, again, like, is it possible? Maybe, maybe in time, but, uh, you're going to have to implement some of these things that are not that great. But aside from the extremes, those individuals for the vast majority of people, if you are overweight, you can improve both. You can improve your lifespan and your health span at the same time. That's, I'm not saying that those are, that they necessarily exclude each other in every single situation. For most people, you can improve both. However, once you get to a certain level, you get to a certain level of leanness or muscularity or whatever it might be, and you want to continue to move down that path of like, I want to be the best possible or one of the best in that area, then you will most likely have to sap away at some of your lifespan to be able to achieve that. Or on the other, 
other end, if you want to live the longest, then you're going to have to sap away at your health span or your functional ability as, as a human being. And there has to be compromise there. And there is no diet. There will never be a diet. And the reason why I'm certain about this is because these are biological principles that are just, they're immutable. They just continue to be true. And it doesn't matter how much research we do. We can extend life and we can, you know, move that average, that point where people can improve both. We can move that a little bit and we'll continue to work in research to try and improve both. But we're not going to be able to have this perfect being uh, because of the way that our biology is set up, at least not based off of the current, current research. And having a perfect diet is not going to, there's no universal diet that's just going to fix all of these problems and make sure that you, you live the longest and you are the, the most functional person on planet Earth. And so two examples of this, what I've wanted to get to is IGF and testosterone, and then I'll give you another example. So with Fasting, for example, I mentioned that fasting does lead to an increase in lifespan. If that's, you know, water fasting for several days, and even if that might be uh, intermittent fasting, you know, throughout a day or just like eat, stop, eat, stuff like that. But fasting is a big thing that a lot of people are into, and it has a host of different health benefits that lead, that can lead to an eventual uh, lengthening of your life. If you were to, let's say, do it for the rest of your life or do it for the last like 20 years of your life or whatever it might be, or do it for a certain number of decades in your life. However, people also, a lot of people that want to fast also want to be more muscular, for example, which is a building process. Nothing about fasting is a building process. Uh, if you want to build muscle, you typically want to have elevated levels of things like IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor. It is a growth factor. You want higher levels of testosterone, typically. So fasting, however, reduces both of those. Uh, it reduces IGF-1 levels and it reduces testosterone levels. So is it going to be great for muscle growth? And this bears out in the literature. I'm not saying that fasting is massively detrimental to muscle growth or to muscle maintenance or anything like that. The evidence is also clear on that. But to think that you can optimally increase your muscle mass by fasting as well as optimally extend your life, that will not happen through fasting no matter how miraculous fasting is. And that's my point, that there is no one diet that's just going to fix everything for everyone. Although fasting certainly fixes a lot of things for a lot of people. So fasting is something, a reduction in IGF, a reduction in testosterone leads to an increase in lifespan, typically. And the second example that I wanted to touch on is a protein called mTOR and cancer. Uh, so we talk about how we want to grow our musculature. Uh, okay, great. So in that situation, you would want to increase the activity of this protein called mTOR. This mTOR protein controls the, the, the growth potential of your muscles. All right, fine. But you know what else also wants to grow? <laughs> like I mentioned, cancer. It also grows uh, and it needs to grow. 
And for that to happen, it needs to create, it needs to have series of different mutations that occur that lead to rampant growth. So <clears throat> on one hand, you want to continue your health and you want to grow your musculature. But on the other hand, you also have this process that's like cancer, which is highly detrimental and will kill you. And I'm not saying that if you there's a lot more that's involved. It's not just like you just stimulate mTOR and then you get cancer. It's not, it's not that simple. So I don't want you to think if you're trying to build muscle that you are automatically, therefore, uh, going to have cancer. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. However, what I'm saying is that these two areas, one of them highly detrimental and one of them highly beneficial in terms of your functionality, in terms of your life, they're both growth signals. They're both signals of growth. And it's it's not like you can di- you can create this diet or come out with this kind of system that that only allows one system to grow and the other one gets uh, inhibited or stopped from growing. So both of those ultimately, if you have growth, you typically have a reduction in lifespan. So again, that trade-off there that if you want to be this like super optimal peak physique thing, human, whatever, you're also going to be increasing this growth signaling that then saps away from your overall lifespan. Now, a lot of this comes down to genetics. Uh, A lot of it, I mean, getting cancer, a lot of it comes down to to genes and, you know, these different uh, mutations that occur in your genes and whatnot. So again, it's not saying that if you consume a diet that is highly anabolic, that you'll suddenly uh, get cancer because there's so much more that gets involved in that. But if you were to, if you were, if you had cancer, let's say, and then you were to consume an anabolic uh, diet, then guess what? Sure, you're going to continue to build muscle and you're going to continue to uh, progress towards your goals, but you're also going to be feeding cancer. My point is you can't distinguish between the two. It's, 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 it's so hard to do that. Um, and a lot of that is just based off of, these are just basic biological principles. So this, again, I'm just trying to push back against these ideas that these, that a lot of people bring forward of, well, I'm just going to fast or I'm going to consume X food or X diet and it's just optimal for everything. It's just not. (laughs) Another great example is like veganism. Look, I mean, veganism has fantastic benefits, fantastic benefits, but please just stop with this ridiculous notion that it's just the best thing for everything. It's just not. Again, there's trade-offs and it doesn't have to just come down to health span and lifespan. It can also come down to other areas, you know, growth, like anabolism and catabolism. Anabolism being growth and catabolism being a breakdown. If you want to lose body fat, you have to be in, in a catabolic state. Oh, but wait, you also want to build muscle. You have to be in an anabolic state for that. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's a constant back and forth. You're, you're playing this dance and you have to stay within the confines of the biological laws that have been that have been imposed and while we fight against that with research and we try and figure out ways around it we try to be tricky and we try to be intelligent as humans and we have found certain ways of of you know figuring some of this stuff out uh in 
it, it, it's just some of this stuff is just pretty much set in stone. We have to wrap our head around, around it. So just understand, and this is, I've always said this, context matters. You have to understand your individual situation. You have to understand where you are. Then you have to understand where you want to be. What, what do you want to extend? Do you want to become uh, an elite athlete, one of the best athletes of all time? Or do you want to live uh, a, an extra five years in your life? Or uh, do you want to try and slow down cancer growth? Do you want to, uh, you know, whatever. Like it has to be some sort of endpoint. And then you design your life around what is going to lead to that. But don't expect it to then offshoot and also benefit everything else and also shoot in all these different other directions because that's not how things work. Okay, it's a bit of a rant. It's a bit of a, a off-the-cuff thing, but the big takeaway here, not <laughs> not that I had a, any like science to review in this this episode, but the big takeaway is you can have both up to a point by things like controlling your weight, exercising, etc. But you can't have the best of both worlds. You can't be the number one in both. I'm going to live the longest and I'm going to be the most functional, you know, relatively speaking. Longest life plus the most functional life. Or the greatest growth plus having the longest life. Or having the greatest growth but also being uh, the leanest individual in the world. You know, it's just like, it just doesn't work that way. You have to compromise. Your body has to compromise. Okay, so hopefully you got something out of it. Again, it's not like strict science or anything like that, but it is a just an idea that I think people need to wrap their heads around because I keep getting these questions of like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm fasting or whatever it might be. I'm doing X because I want 10 different things. And sure, maybe X will get you you know, it'll be like the best thing for like two of those things. It'll be pretty good at like four of those things. And then it'll be kind of okay for one of them. And then it'll be like terrible at the last like two or three things. And it's like, it, do, it, it does the exact opposite. It fights against those two or three things. But people don't seem to want to accept that. They just want to think there's this one thing and just cures everything or just fixes everything. Okay. Thank you for indulging me, and hopefully you're okay with me discussing this topic instead of uh, nutrition, fats, and carbohydrates on anxiety. But if you are interested in that, let me know. I'd be happy to uh, cover that in time uh, once I've, I've kind of done a, probably a little bit more in-depth reading on it. Okay, with that, uh, thanks for stopping by as always, and I appreciate it, and I'll catch you in the next one. See ya.